You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 170. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today we are talking about overcoming distractions. Now, talk about life imitating art. Here I am trying to record an episode about overcoming distractions, and I have had to re-record this intro several times. The Amazon delivery guy keeps knocking on my door and then we are babysitting my mom's brand new puppy, Emma, and she keeps barking like crazy. Hobie has just decided to start pounding on something in the garage directly below my recording studio. And then I keep getting different texts about a project that we're working on and my team needs my feedback and they can't find me because I've been in this recording studio for a while. So they've started to text me. And so that's pulling my attention away from getting this episode recorded. Yes, I could turn my iPhone off. I wasn't smart enough to do that in the beginning, so it kept pulling my attention away. So distractions are real, especially when you work from home, because then there's a million more distractions that come up. Have you ever stopped in the middle of what you're doing to go wash the dishes or get the laundry out of the washing machine to put it in the dryer. Like little things like that happen all the time when you're working from home, but it fully takes you out of the game. Like if you're focusing on getting a project done and then you stop to do little things or your husband is pounding on something below your recording studio, it just takes your focus away. And all those little things really add up. So how do you focus when life gets in the way? That's what we're going to talk about today. As I'm talking to you right now, you likely have a bunch of plans. No matter when you listen to this recording, it's going to be relevant for you. But at the time of this recording, we're getting into July. So there's summer vacations, weddings, barbecues, so much for you to attend and so many different opportunities are knocking at your door right now. So how do you plan your webinar campaign or How do you get your course done? Or how do you just do anything meaningful for your business when there are so many life distractions? Well, that again is exactly what we are going to tackle because I definitely know how you feel. If the idea of a photo shoot makes you wanna pack a bag and move to a faraway land, never to be seen or heard from again, then you and I are two peas in a photophobic pod. But the truth is, if you have an online presence of any kind, having professional branded photos can seriously uplevel your business. I wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't worth it and if I truly didn't believe it, my friend. So whether it's the camera you fear or the prep work that goes into planning the day, I've got your back with my free photo shoot planning guide. No matter if this is your first photo shoot or you're an old pro looking to streamline the process, this guide will help you find the perfect photographer, plan and organize the list of shots you'll need, and prepare for all the important but often forgotten day of details to ensure a smooth and successful photo shoot. 
And of course, I have a word of encouragement or two to help soothe any insecurities that may come up because I've been there. I get it. So head on over to amyporterfield.com forward slash photo shoot to grab your free guide and let's ditch those photo fears. amyporterfield.com forward slash photo shoot. So I was inside of my Courses That Convert closed Facebook group just recently, and one of my students, Natalie, posted this. You ready? I'm going to read it for you. I must be getting old because the printout is tiny and I literally have to squint to read it. Ugh, hate getting old. So here we go. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or being immature about this, but I need a bit of talking me off the ledge. I joined courses that convert last year and I feel so mad at myself that I've yet to launch my course. I've obviously procrastinated a lot, mostly out of fear, I'm sure, that I'm not the expert and why would anyone want to learn from me, even with my 40 plus years experience as a full charge bookkeeper. (laughs) So the girl has a lot of experience under her belt, but she's starting to doubt herself. Like, why is anyone going to listen to me? Anyway, she goes on, I was wondering if there are any more testimonials or posts about Amy's CTC students about their success with launching their course. I feel like if I was able to see more success stories, then maybe I wouldn't allow so much overwhelm to beat me down. Now, Natalie is not necessarily just talking about the distractions. I kind of started out with life distractions, but there are so many distractions that get in the way of us getting stuff done. And one of the distractions is getting too much into our head and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. I'm not the expert. No one's going to buy this. This happens a lot with my CTC courses that convert students. They're creating the content. And in that moment, they're thinking, no one's going to buy. Why am I doing this? which total side note is why I created a bonus inside Courses That Convert, all about how to pre-sell your course before you've ever finished actually recording the entire course, just to make sure people will buy it before you sit down and spend all that time recording and creating the content. So remember, if you are in Courses That Convert, there is an entire robust bonus taking you through step-by-step how to pre-sell your course before you sit down and record everything. So Natalie, I want to just make sure that you've seen that bonus. Okay. So back to Natalie's post. What I love is that my students inside that private Facebook group responded perfectly around Natalie's comment. And that is that they said, Natalie, you do not need more success stories or inspiration. You need to make it a priority and have a clear plan to get it done. And I love this. So many students said this to Natalie. And of course, there are success stories. Of course, she could look at testimonials. But she already knows that my course is legit. She already knows that people are getting great results. That is not what she needs. What that is, is a big, fat distraction. So instead of her pouring over other people's success stories, because she's already seen those, what she needs is a plan. So today, Natalie, I'm talking to you and anyone else out there who can relate to Natalie and just feel stuck or overwhelmed or just plain old distracted. 
I'm going to give you some useful tools and strategies to move you forward. Because here's the truth. Those big projects, creating your course, getting your webinar campaigns done, working on funnels, writing emails for your promotion, those bigger projects are the ones that drive your business forward. Those are the projects that actually make you feel really good when you open up your bank account and realize you are creating consistent revenue. You've got to get the bigger projects completed in order for that to happen. So if you're distracted by answering emails every morning or busy work, like I have been known to organize my Dropbox when I really should be recording videos because recording videos feels really heavy in the moment because it's a lot of work. So I just want to be distracted. And so I find myself cleaning up my office and organizing my Dropbox. All of that is important, but not in the moment when I should be recording my videos. So we have all been guilty of either making ourselves distracted or just getting distracted with life. And so I thought this episode is important. All right, let's get to it. I'm going to cover five strategies I use when I feel distraction creeping in and taking my focus away from the big projects that I really want to be working on. Number one, make it a priority in your daily planning. I know you've heard this one already, but number one, are you doing it? And number two, let me put a little twist on it. Michael Hyatt has something he calls the big three. And basically that means that he will only work on three main tasks per day. He then filters out anything else outside his desire zone. That's what he calls it, his desire zone. So he eliminates, automates, or delegates everything else. So he sits down, he decides on the three main tasks he's going to work on that day, and the three main tasks have to be in his desire zone. I'll link to where he talks about this more in depth, but if they're not in his desire zone, he's not going to work on them. And then from there, he eliminates, automates, or delegates everything else for that day. And I love those three words. So what if you could make those three main tasks all about the bigger project you have at hand? Three main action items that will drive the specific project you're working on forward. Because remember, the name of the game is getting to completion. Stealing from Seth Godin, you got to ship it. So these three main tasks, if they all tie to you shipping that one main project you're working on, imagine how many projects you could knock out throughout the year. So here's another tip. You can also separate your creative tasks versus your mechanical tasks on your planning doc. So for me, I know that planning for a new campaign, let's say for example, takes up extra brain power. So I will want to plan for that in the morning under my creative tasks. And I know a campaign is a bigger project that drives my business forward, so I need to make time for that. Now, two things with that. When we're talking about creative tasks versus mechanical tasks, I try to make sure that the mechanical stuff, meaning if I need to read a contract for a new Facebook ad agency we're working with, 
or if I need to go over the details of our live event with Chloe, who's pulling it all together inside of our team, then that's the kind of stuff that I will one, do later in the day because I like to do my best stuff in the morning. That's when I do my best work. So I'll do my creative stuff in the morning and I'll make sure that there's very few mechanical things on my list. Now, if we're pulling from Michael Hyatt's three main tasks, I might actually just block one hour for the mechanical stuff. That's a weird word I know, but you get the point. So I might do three main creative things in the morning and it might look like this. I might review sales page copy for a new program I've created. I might work on some slide decks for that same program. And I might review some of the emails that we want to send to get people on the webinar for that new program. So that might be three different creative tasks I do in the morning and early afternoon. But then I'll save an hour for, let's say, after lunch, where I'll give myself time to work on the mechanical things. And in that hour, I might be able to do two or three tasks, but they're all related to just getting the busy stuff done. So I do it a little bit different than Michael, but still I make sure I chunk my time. And I like when those three tasks that I'm working on are all closely related. So I'm not doing major context switching, but I'm working on just one program and looking at the different elements of that program. So just something to think about. But when you make time in your calendar for this stuff, the distractions become less and less. And here's a little tip. So if I'm going to go into my office and work on slide decks for two hours, let's say, I will let Hobie know because you guys know he's home a lot. He's a firefighter, so he works 24 on and 24 off. And when he's home, he is completely distracting. It's like the hunkiest distraction I've ever seen, but he's still a distraction. So I'll say, okay, babe, I'm going to be in my office for two hours working on slide decks. Once I come out, let's have a cup of coffee together or let's have lunch together. So I'll let him know when I'm coming out. I don't know if you guys listened to the episode I did with Hobie where I interviewed him about what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur. I'll link to it in my show notes. But one thing that he said in that episode is he really likes when I tell him, when we can actually have time together during the day. So if I give him a time, he'll get busy doing chores around the house or whatever he's working on. And then he knows up it's noon. Amy can have lunch with me now. So I'll finish my project as well. Instead of just coming at him at any time and saying, I'm ready now. Pay attention to me. He's like, I'm working on this project. So respecting his time and mine is important for us. So anyway, that becomes part of eliminating distractions when I communicate with my spouse about what I'm working on, the fact that I can't be distracted right now, but I'll come out of my cave in two hours and we'll do lunch. See how that works? Okay. So you've got to communicate with the people in your household and you've got to get it on your calendar. And I say work on the most important stuff when you are your best. If you're a morning person, that's when you work on it. If you are a night owl, maybe that's when you work on it. You're the boss. You get to choose, but you've got to be smart about your time. Okay. Number two, be clear about what you're doing and why you're doing it. I've talked about my website refresh before. I did an entire podcast episode about all the mistakes I made when I was creating my brand new website. And I talked about what worked and how we got to the finish line. Well, if you remember that episode, I was 
really, really terrible about not getting clear about the entire project and how we were going to move forward. I put the entire project on one of my team members, didn't give her a lot of information, expected her to run with it, but wasn't really available. And so I wasn't clear about what we were working on and why we were doing it. So I guess I knew why we were doing it, but that also wasn't top of mind for me because I was working on a bunch of other stuff. So I wasn't available to her. So it was so unfair the way I set up my whole website relaunch. So once we had a clear plan in place and we were crystal clear on what we were doing, why we were doing it, we put it into Asana. I made myself more available for feedback and insight. We were golden once we had it locked in, but we were floundering for a while because we were not crystal clear on the what and the why. And also, it's funny, I didn't enjoy the website relaunch process until I got clear around it and until we treated it like a real project. So if you're not enjoying what you're working on right now, and that's why you're allowing yourself to get distracted by everything in the house, that's why you are actually doing all your laundry today because you don't want to be working on the big project that you should be working on likely you don't have some good organization around it. Likely you're not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Likely it feels heavy to you. And so you don't like to be in that space of just feeling uncomfortable. So you're letting the distractions just take over. So you got to get real with yourself here. And if that's happening, it's time to get re-engaged in your project, which leads me to number three. Number three is get charged. So I don't know about you, but when I start a new project, it can take me a bit of time to get going. Uh, I kind of hate this about myself, but now I just know this is how I am. This is how it's going to be. And I know it will eventually click. So when it's a really big project, I know it's really important to my business. When I've communicated to all of you that I'm working on it, so you all know that it's going to get done, I feel a little bit of pressure on myself and it feels hard and kind of uncomfortable. So I don't want to sit in that. So I allow the distractions to take over. Now, once I allow that to happen for just a little while. I'm pretty good at recognizing, oh, wait a second. This project feels heavy. It feels overwhelming. So I'm going to let all these distractions get in the way. I can't do that because I set pretty clear deadlines for myself and my team. So as soon as I start to slip from those deadlines, it's like ding, ding, ding. Something's going wrong here. And usually it has to do with this project feels heavy. I'm nervous about it. I don't want to stay in that awkward feeling. So I'm going to let myself be distracted. However, here's the great thing because I only work on the projects that I love. I know that it's not that I hate the project. It's that I'm just a little bit overwhelmed by it. So what I do is after I see that distractions are happening, my deadlines are slipping, I sit down and I immerse myself back into the project. I give myself a big chunk of time to really get in it, do my research, put my slides together, watch some videos to inspire me around the content I'm working on, whatever it might be. If I go for full immersion, whether it be for a day, two days, three days, I'm excited. I finally am focused, I'm on it, and I feel charged because I remember the why. And this recently just happened with List Builders Lab. 
So over the last few weeks, I've been telling you guys that I'm revamping List Builders Lab. It's becoming List Builders Lab 2.0. And because of that, I feel a little overwhelmed because I told all of you I'm getting it done. I told all my students inside List Builders Lab, they've got some amazing updates coming. And I think it became a bigger project than I had anticipated. So I got nervous, like, oh my God, I told my students this would be done in July and my team's been working on it. I'm feeling behind. I let myself get distracted. And then I realized, wait a second, I love this project. I love teaching list building. Let's sit down, go for full immersion. And I did that for a few days and I was off to the races. I did not let any distractions get in the way. It was like I would eat, sleep, breathe list building just for a few days and boom, my mojo was back. I was able to get in the zone. I knew exactly what I wanted to put into those slide decks. I wasn't white knuckling it anymore. So I had to get excited about the topic again versus do a little here, a little there. I just needed a full immersion. And that is what changed the game for me. That got me recharged. And now it feels effortless. But for a while there, I got stuck in the overwhelm and it felt like I was white knuckling it the whole time. So you just got to know your triggers and pull yourself out. So get charged about whatever it is that you're working on. And let me tell you, you will get hooked on it and it will become so easy to avoid the distractions. Okay, number four, set your flow. Now I've already talked about this just a little bit, so I won't go into much detail here, but I know that you have to devote big chunks of time to the big important projects. I talked about, I'm a morning person, I'll only do creative stuff in the morning, but even beyond that, I want you to put on your calendar two or three hours that you're only working on your webinar slides or two or three hours that you're only working on creating a core lead magnet for your homepage of your website. Whatever it might be, you can't do a little hour here, a quick 30 minutes there, tomorrow maybe you'll do an hour. When you spread it out like that and only give yourself a little bit of time, one distraction and you're wiped out. You, you totally are off your game. But if you do those three hours, like I mentioned, where I tell Hobie, I'm going to my cave, I'm going to give a few hours, I'll be back, that kind of thing, you get so much more done. So I want you to mindfully plan your schedule around getting your big project done. The night before, put specifically the chunks of time you're going to work on something and what you're going to work on. So I already went over that, but I wanted to reiterate because again, number four is all about setting your flow. Go with what works best for you. Time of day, how many hours you need, find a good place to sit down and really get focused. If you hate working in coffee shops and you're sitting in a coffee shop trying to do two hours of slide deck creation, get out of that coffee shop, come home, get in a cozy chair, go where you will do your best work, but you've got to set your flow. And here's one more thing about that. If you are trying to juggle business and personal life, well, I guess that's every human being on this earth, you likely will have things come up like you've got to get a haircut or you've got to run to the cleaners or you want to take your kid to tutoring or whatever it might be, there's all these little things that jump onto our calendar at random times. And one of the things for me with setting my flow is that I try to keep all of those activities 
to a specific day or later on in the afternoon. Now, when you have a kid, that's not always possible, but if it is, be diligent about it. Meaning, I don't want you to have a 10 a.m. haircut during the time that you're trying to do three hours of slide deck creation or whatever it might be. You don't want some random appointment to take you out of your zone. So I really do try to make all my appointments as late in the afternoon as possible to give myself zero distractions from the minute I wake up until late afternoon when I'm done working. So just something to think about. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Today's episode is sponsored by the social media management platform, Dash Hudson. In today's ever-changing digital world, staying ahead in social media marketing is more complex than ever. That's where Dash Hudson's latest social media trends report comes in handy. And if you know me, you know I love a good trends report. As featured in Forbes and Business of Fashion, Dash Hudson's free in-depth analysis reveals how a blend of organic, creator, and paid strategies can supercharge your content's reach and impact. This comprehensive report will also showcase how leading brands are perfecting the content lifecycle, how TikTok shop is dominating the social landscape, and what this means for those of us who are marketing using social media. So download Dash Hudson's free social media trends report to start perfecting your content today by visiting dashhudson.com forward slash podcast. Okay, so we're in the final stretch. Number five, make a public declaration. Now, I did this for List Builders Lab, and I'm so glad I did it. I've been talking about this bad boy for months now. There is no turning back. During the messy time, during the time where I wasn't charged up about the program, during the time that I let all the distractions get in the way because I felt overwhelmed, I could have easily said, you know what? I'm not going to work on this one. I'm going to work on something a little bit sexier, a little bit more fun that I haven't worked on yet because I'm revamping. Revamping is not as fun as working on a new project. 
And so in those dark moments when I thought, "Mm, maybe I won't do this, I thought, I have to. I've already told my List Builder Lab students that they have new stuff coming. I've already told all of you that I have a 2.0 program coming out. And if you're excited about list building, you want to finally do it in your business, I've got something for you. So I'm only as good as my word. This project has to get done in July. So because of that, I am definitely very aware of distractions. When they come up, I think, nope, I've already made that public declaration that this project is getting done. So talking to all of you about it has kept me accountable. And I would love for you to do the same. So how will you make a public declaration? Whatever you're working on, invite your audience in. Just the action of doing so will help you stay accountable and help you become very aware of the distractions. Because here's the deal. The distractions are never going away. Hobie will never stop hammering in the garage below my recording studio. However, I'm aware of it. I can make sure my communication with him is better. I can make sure I communicate with my team better about what I'm working on and the fact that I can't jump projects. And I can just be really, really diligent about blocking my time. So distractions aren't going away, but how you handle them can definitely change. And that's why I wanted to make this episode. So finally, I want to leave you with this thought. Sometimes I think I get distracted because I lose confidence in myself. Doubt starts to creep in and that can stop me flat in my tracks. And I actually think that's what happened with Natalie. She wasn't just getting distracted with all the different things that happen in life that can pull our attention away from our most important projects, but she started to think, who's going to listen to me? I'm not an expert, even though she was, I'm creating a project and I don't even know if my audience is going to pay for it. So she starts to get into her head, all this doubt creeps in, and then all of a sudden, organizing her Dropbox, changing the laundry out from the washer to the dryer, and allowing her text messages and her emails to take over, all of those distractions are happening because she doesn't believe in her ability to do a really good job at the project that she's working on. And I want to tell you that that happens all the time with everyone. There are very few entrepreneurs, including the ultra successful ones that don't have those moments when doubt starts to creep in and then distractions take over because they don't want to live in that feeling, like sit with that uncomfortable feeling of what if I'm not good enough? So first you got to know that it's normal. Second, you need to know that you just do not believe that little voice in your head. You need to tell it to go away. You need to move forward even though you're scared. And you need to know that the confidence is going to come from you completing the project and getting it out into the world. Even if it's not a huge success, the fact that you completed it and now you can make it better. You never have to reinvent the wheel, but you can just revamp and make it better. That comes with so much confidence. So if you're struggling with self-doubt and lack of confidence, start completing your projects, get them out into the world, make them better. I promise you that kind of momentum will allow you to get the confidence that you're looking for. And the more confidence you have, 
the better you are at tackling the distractions. Again, those distractions never go away. However, I've gotten really good at noticing where they're showing up, why they're showing up, and how to get around them quickly. And that's what I want you to do. That's what this episode was all about. The final thing I'll say is that I have a little box in my office and in that box are a bunch of thank you cards and just little notes that people have sent me over the past several years. And I keep the ones where people say, Amy, I love your teaching style or Amy, you changed my life. I launched my program. I did my first webinar. I made $10,000 or Amy, your episode about this or that helped me move through a challenge I was having, whatever it might be. I go to that box when I have zero confidence that what I'm doing is going to work. I go to that box when I'm having a really rough day. And so even just knowing the box is in a cabinet inside my office just makes me feel good. Like you always got the box of the kind words that people have said. So if you don't have something like this yet, create it today. Just knowing it exists will get you through those uncomfortable, awkward feelings of inadequacy when you're trying to work on a new project. So promise me this, make that box if you don't have it yet. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.